You guys can have a seat. If you've got room in your row, kind of squeeze to the middle maybe, open up some seats for some other folks. Um, but I want to start with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 7, it'll be on the screen. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that He appeared to Peter, then to the twelve, and after that He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to His brother James, and to all the apostles. I hope, I hope that this is reflective of reality, but I hope that you know that my goal has always been to preach and live out the gospel here at Movement Church. And if you don't know already, and I apologize if you're hearing it this way first, today I'm announcing that I will be stepping down as the lead pastor of Movement Church. And it has been, being your pastor, one of the most challenging but also rewarding things I've ever experienced or done. And I want to thank you for coming along with me. And I want you to know just how bittersweet this decision, this process has been and continues to be. It is bitter because of the pain and loss of leaving our church family. But it is very sweet in that God is clearly calling us elsewhere. And I am excited about the future of Movement Church. But before we talk about how I arrived at this decision, and before we talk about where things are going, I've got a captive audience, so I want to tell you a few stories. Movement Church started about nine years ago, before I met any of you, before I knew that we were moving here, and before we even had the name Movement Church. It started because I was a frustrated youth pastor. And I was a frustrated youth pastor, not because I wanted to preach more and why won't everybody listen to me. That was true, but that's not my, the source of my frustration at the time. The source of my frustration was that what I saw is that students, these middle schoolers, these high schoolers, these teenagers, would go through ministry. They would go through the church, kids ministry, middle school, high school. They would be involved. They'd go to camp. They'd do all these things. And then something happened when they graduated. They go to college, they get the workforce, the military, whatever it was, there would be some sort of disengagement. And they would stop going to church, which is an issue, but not the issue, because they would stop following Jesus. And I felt God calling me to plant, to start, to begin something new that was designed as a place where people could come back. A, a place where people could come back and be reintroduced, be, be, be shown new ways or reminded of old ways to follow Jesus. Not because we had it right or because I had all those answers, but because I just said, if we just made that, that slight shift, what would church look like? What would it look like for us? And of course, we didn't always get it right. If you've been around for a while, you know that we started on Sunday mornings at Woodfield Elementary in Fort Thomas. And it was a great space, but there were definitely plenty of Sundays when the band got off the stage and sat out there and attendance doubled. 
because there was four people there to begin with. There was this one time that I think is so indicative of, of some of our failures and some of those speed bumps, is that we got bumped because we rented the space. We got bumped because of the Big Top Festival, this big, big school fundraiser, right? Great thing, great thing, but we got bumped because that was more important. And we found ourselves at the park, and it was, it was hot, and things didn't work right, and people were, were upset, and you couldn't hear, and there were bugs. It was just kind of a disaster. And I remember thinking, like, well, this is the funny story that we're going to tell in the midst of this failure. Or maybe you remember this about those early days, or maybe you've heard this story, that we wanted to be a church that served. We wanted to be a church that if we disappeared, we would be missed. And so what we said we wanted to do is we wanted to invest and we wanted to serve. We thought, what a better way to serve than to serve kids? And what easier way to serve kids than to partner with a local school? And so we thought to ourselves, okay, let's, let's do a, a, a drive and let's, let's get some school supplies and things like that. Well, thankfully, we went and asked the people that we were trying to help what they needed. And we go to Newport Primary School. And we ask them, hey, can we give you some new markers you know, is there just something that we could really help you with? You know what they said they needed at the time? They said they needed emergency. It's going to be a lot of this. They said they, said they needed... I wrote all this out so this wouldn't happen, but here we are. They said they needed underwear because kids would have an accident in elementary school, K through second. They'd have an accident and they didn't have clean stuff for the kids. So, <clears throat> so we gave our offering, helped that out. It started this partnership. It started this partnership with Newport Schools that continues today. I think about how that opened up the doors to us being here at 8th Monroe. That opened up the doors for all the events we've had here. The baptisms, the marriages, the weddings, food trucks. Remember how we always try to get Marty's waffles and Marty's waffles truck would always like catch on fire or something? You remember that? That happened like three times, something would happen. Child dedications, days of service where we wouldn't even be here to worship, we would go and serve at the schools. Easter's, trying to do two services back-to-back -back for the first time. That Christmas, Christmas service during the week, it was that, that year that Christmas fell on a Sunday, and we did like a Thursday night kind of Christmas Eve-type service, and, and I about burned down the whole church because I didn't know how to light a candle. I, I think about the ways in which we were able to host such important groups, like Scarlet Hope that would take meals to uh, establishments here in town, it, the, about AA and NA and Young Life. And all those things are great. But what I will value most is so many of you took a chance on me at this church. There's some of you here in this room that you came one Sunday and you were leaving and we chased you down. <laughs> we literally went out <laughs> the doors to just, just to say hi. Most of those people didn't come back. Apparently that was not a, a good strategy, but we did that. I, I think about how what you've done is allowed me to grow, allowed me to develop. The way that you have bought in, 
believed, invested, sacrificed, and served. We've celebrated a lot of things. We've celebrated new life, marriages, and, and, and just how special it is, how powerful it is to celebrate those new lives when there's a whole story of infertility behind it. How powerful and beautiful is that? We celebrated graduations, promotions, all the highs of life, and of course, some of the hardest and darkest moments. We have grieved together over loss of loved ones, over family that was so desired but not realized. And of course, as a church, we collectively grieved over the loss of one of our own. We grieved together over Greg Colston. We've said goodbye to those who have moved, found another church. There has been disagreement and conflict, of course. And that happens because the work is too important and we're too flawed. I've botched decisions. I've spoken and acted in ways that haven't produced unity. And if I haven't communicated, I'm sorry. I am. You've shown up for me and my family. Clara was, bar- was born here in Northern Kentucky. You've helped us grapple with the reality that our son has special needs. You were so supportive, encouraging, and prayerful around my mom and her health journey, and around my dad. You gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to pursue the calling that God has on my life. You supported me. You gave me the opportunity to go to Israel for two weeks, and then you stuck around, and like, I showed pictures for like three months, and you guys didn't complain about it, right? I just told stories, and told, like, oh, you should, when I was in Israel, I, I started every phrase with that. And here you are. You saw me sweat. You saw me cry. You saw me tell terrible, terrible jokes. You put up with getting the quotes from N.T. Wright and Eugene Peterson over and over again, and you heard me preach on John 10.10 10, probably a dozen times or more. We shared life. Over a meal, a drink, around a campfire, around a coffee table. You've invited me into your homes. You've allowed me to become part of your family. You are gracious enough to become part of mine. So many of you love my kids so profoundly well. I can never adequately thank you for that. You love my parents. My mom would have this thing whenever I would go to a church on staff. She'd be worried. So she'd be worried, and she would have to come and, and like, meet some people, right? She'd have to meet some people, make sure they're going to take care of her son, or really her grandkids, right? And and I remember when we told them we're going to go start a new church, like, she was very supportive outwardly, but a little skeptical on the inside until she met some of you and realized it was going to be okay. And and I want to take a moment. It's probably foolish, but I get the mic, so I'm going to do what I want here. But but I want to thank some people individually. And you, you, know, you always read, you shouldn't do that because you leave somebody out, so I'm sorry in advance, but here we go. First off, I want to thank Jeff and Jessica Hale, your beautiful family that continues to grow. We keep having kids, so good on you guys. 
But Jeff served, like I said, I can say whatever I want. Jeff served as our family ministries pastor. He was our associate pastor at the start for the first three years. He was our first hire. Uh, first conversation I had with Jeff about eight years ago was on a golf course. Uh, I don't play golf, but he does, kind of. And so we were there, and I was telling him what I was doing and all this stuff. And the first things he said to me was, that sounds great what you're doing, but there's no way I'll ever get involved with a church plant. Never going to do that. He had done some things before. Never going to do that. And then we hired him. I want to thank... Uh, Caleb Bellinger, who was our first worship pastor. I appreciate him so much. I want to thank some of the folks who were so instrumental at the start. I want to thank Brad Majeski, uh, the Smalley family, the Kipchinskis, Jennifer Addy, and the Shields. Uh, I want to thank the people who became so much more than just church family, but friends and dear friends, Daniel and Kristen, Adam and Aaron, and Rich and Val. Thank you so much. To Rich, to Rich Miller, our worship pastor for many years, thank you for your friendship, your integrity, and your leadership. You have helped me follow Jesus. I can't thank you enough for that. To the folks who have helped me worship, like Rich and Val. Also, I throw in that category, Jason and Hen, Lacey, Sharon, Rob, Tyler, Hannah, Casey, Justin, Jay, and Tim. Thank you so much. To Gail Rice and Barbara Sternberg, thank you for loving my kids. And so many of the other kids here at Movement. To Evie and Derek Light, thank you for sharing your faith, your family, your love for kids here and everywhere so well. And to so many that have made movements so welcoming, like Jim, who was the guy on the, on the, on the street today greeting you as you come in. Say, that sounded weird. He's like, oh, but I'm going to go with that for a second, all right? He's down the street. Jim's, Jim's our greeter so often out there. Jim and his wife, Sandra, Andrew and Abigail, Joel and Greg, thank you so much. There are so many that have contributed mightily, who have stepped up particularly recently. Uh, so I want to thank Nathan and Amber, Heath, Maddie, David, Julia, Tony, and Nicole. Thank you so much, guys. And I also specifically want to thank your leaders here at Movement because these people are part of the reason, one of the big reasons why I'm so excited, so hopeful about the future. Leaders here at Movement, like Kristen Cropper, like Justin Smalley, like Lacey Ingalls and Pat Tooley, your hard work and passion for this church is an absolute answer to prayer. I want to thank my family. You get the idea. I hope you hear all this and know how much I love this church, the people. My goal here has always been to be for the long haul. That was the goal. I told many of you this, I've said this from stage, I believed it then, that I wanted my kids to graduate from local high schools, I wanted to be here for the long haul. And I am frankly so excited about what's next for movement. But God has other plans. Coming out of 2020, they kicked all of our butts. I spent a lot of time praying, thinking, looking ahead. God, what is next for us? What is the things, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, what do we need to do as a church to really pursue our mission. And I honestly was so excited about those things that God laid out. I was so excited. Because I think that 2020 was a time of preparation for movement. And I think that we as a church are, is, are poised to chase down wherever God leads. But also in this time it became very clear to me that I wasn't the right person to lead the next chapter. I, I, I wasn't the right person to lead this next chapter. And frankly, I didn't like that thought that. 
I'd go and talk to other people that knew me and kind of outside the situation, say, hey, here's what I'm hearing from God. What do you think? That's crazy, right? And they say, no. If you're hearing that from God, you're hearing that from God. That was not the plan. I didn't like that. I wrestled with this early this year. And about a month after, I kind of, God made it abundantly clear. About a month after God made it abundantly clear, uh, the position of campus pastor at Anderson University came available. I'm a graduate of AU, so is my wife. We love that place. It's closer to home. And I applied. I applied, and I went through the process in April and May. And shortly before Memorial Day, I accepted the position. Which is why today is so bittersweet. I'm excited to go back to AU. I am. I'm excited to help students there find and follow Jesus. I'm excited to be closer to my family. I'm excited for my kids, of course. But I'm also very, very sad to be leaving here. But I'm not sad for you. I'm not sad for you. I'm sad for myself because I believe in what God is doing here. I believe in the leaders God is raising up here. I believe the best days for movement are ahead. Selfishly, I'm sad. But I'm very, very excited. So after today, you got me for two more Sundays. It's a tight window, I understand. It's a tight window because of when the new job starts and because we have a planned vacation next Sunday. Next Sunday, you're going to get to hear from a pastor, Stephen Sams, and Stephen is, is on our management team. He was part of the original group, the original board that helped movement get started. He's going to come, he's going to share a bit of, of the story of movement and where things are going. I would love for you guys to make it a priority their Father's Day weekend to come next Sunday. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to preach on the 27th and the 4th. And I got a lot of things to tell you folks, right? I got, I got some things we got to, get, got to cover, but I'm looking forward to that. And then July 4th will be my last Sunday. Understandably, you probably have questions about the future, about what comes next. So just so you know, Tuesday night, right here at 7 o'clock, we have leadership community. That's going to be a time to get those questions answered or at least voiced. Uh, that's going to be a time to come together and, and talk about the future. But we're going to give you a little bit of that. We're going to give you some of the highlights of that here in a moment. But before we invite those folks up, let me leave you with this. Paul writes this at the end of 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians, if you don't know, is kind of his angry letter. It's his angry letter to the church. And he's got, he's got some hard words for, his, for this church, but he closes with this. I think it's so appropriate because we experienced hard things together. And Paul says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this. Your grace, your blessing to allow me to experience this, allow us to experience what you have created here is beyond comprehension. God, God may we repent for the ways in which we have screwed them up, which are numerous. And may we look ahead and trust May we look ahead in faith at what you're doing and the ways in which you are leading here and the ways in which you are guiding and directing things. Thank you. So, Father, I pray. I pray that you would just continue to pour out your blessings and to lead us forward. So, in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. To talk a little bit about the future, I'm going to invite up uh, three members of your management team, of the, the leaders that are guiding this process, the chairperson, Kristen Cropper, Pat Tooley, and Justin Smalley. Uh, they love to be up front and have people looking at them, so why don't you guys give them a round of applause as they come on up here.
a lot. Um, <laughs> so thanks for that, Josh. Um, but as Josh said, my name is Kristen Cropper. I am the chairperson of your management team, along with Justin Smalley, Pat Tooley, and then Lacey Ingalls, who is not here today. Um, I have served at Movement kind of almost from the beginning. I think we were one of those couples that Josh chased out of the building, um, but we did come back. Um, but kind of just have served here over a bunch of different roles, um, including being on staff for a little bit. Um, but, you know, we have really been uh, working over the last month or so to make sure that we have a future, and we wanted to make sure that we are able to give you guys that plan. Um, so, as Josh said, you know, he listened to a call about nine years ago to come here to Northern Kentucky and plant a church, and we're just so thankful for that obedience because Without it, none of us would be sitting here in this room today together. And, um, you know, this community is what everybody is always just so excited about with movement. It's the people, and that's what keeps people here. And so we're just excited to continue to push that forward. Um, so, again, we are just thankful for Josh and Heidi. Um, we are thankful that they are once again um, being obedient and listening to the direction that God has called them. Um, you'll notice kind of in the back there's some note cards and a little basket. Over the next few weeks, if you wouldn't mind, just write a little note to them um, just saying thank you, maybe share, a, share another funny memory, um, and just encourage them in this next season um, as they move on to go do some, some other things that God is um, bringing into their life. Um, and then also, you know, it, it is bittersweet for all of us, and uh, we are very excited to announce that Jeff Hale is going to come back um, and serve with us as um, our interim pastor for a few months, and uh, we are just so excited about that. Um, a lot of you uh, have met Jeff. You served here with him um, in the past, but for those of you who don't know, um, Jeff has uh, been in ministry for about 14 years, he's w been married to his beautiful wife, Jessica, for about 12. They have um, five great children, and I'm going to read this because I'm going to mess it up, but Maylee is eight, Coulter and Crosley are seven, Elias is five, and Dorsey is three. Um, so hopefully you guys will get to meet them and uh, their family. But they have a huge heart for Newport and this community. Uh, we're also a big part of, you know, establishing that partnership with NPS and bringing us over here to this location. So we are just so excited for them um, and for them to be back and for us to continue to just push forward and um, look to the future. Because as Josh said, you know, we do believe uh, the future is really strong here and we're very excited about what's going to come. So um, I'm going to invite Josh and Heidi to come up along with Jeff and Jessica and um, Justin is going to lead us all in prayer for both of these families. So if you guys wouldn't mind just standing um, with us as we do that. <laughs> 